Almost a year and a half into COVID and we asking, are you coping or are you overthinking? Hi, I'm Riyal Safi and this is the Thinking Out Loud podcast. And I ask the question that you think about but often don't end up asking. Please show some love by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss a new episode when posted. And if you like this episode, please feel free to share as that will help us grow. Jody, and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Jody, lockdown fatigue and cabin fever is something that's been going on for a while now. I remember in March 2020, we were told, okay, we're going to have a small lockdown maybe for three weeks because we've got some cases of COVID starting in South Africa. And here we are almost a year and a half later. We've been through one wave the second wave and now going through the third wave. So lots of people have been stressing as they were navigating uh, from one wave to another, as we'd say. How does one handle your mental health during this time? Um, I think I think it's really important, um, first off, just to keep as positive a mindset or as hopeful a mindset. You know, some people don't like the word positive, but just... Um, to really focus in on your locus on, of control. Like we can't control what's happening um, with COVID. You can't control what's happening now with riots and all sorts of things. Um, but you can control the things in your life. So just very much focusing on what you can do in your day to make it happy, to make it good, to kind of be positive and, and, and warm to the people around you. I think that's um, very important in terms of looking after your mental health, uh, recognizing this isn't going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and how can you sort of really maximize, you know, there are a lot of opportunities in this, um, in this pandemic as well, you know, opportunities for more family time or opportunities to do some of the things at home that you've never, that you haven't had the time for and that sort of thing. I also think that, um, you know, increasing kind of mindfulness or meditation practices helps a lot. And on top of that, I definitely think that exercise, um, you know, even if it's doing, you know, vinyasa flow yoga at home in your lounge, it's definitely um, does help people a lot. Just coping with uh, stress, fatigue, anxiety, boredom, all those kind of things. So I think that that really helps with with mental health a lot. And of course, for people who already had pre-existing conditions, and sometimes that this is aggravating. It's obviously you know going to to therapy or coaching, um, you know, journaling, um, writing what you're grateful about. All those kind of things really mitigate and really help to deal with mental health during this period. Why is mental health important? I think, you know, mental health is important if you go from the individual out, you know, sort of um, internally, it's important because it's, it's what makes li- the, your quality of life. It's what makes you happy. It's what makes you enjoy things. It what, uh, it's what makes you be able to handle things, to be resilient, cope well, um, and just generally have a good quality of life. And then obviously, if you as an individual are having a good quality of life, it's also having an impact on the environment around you. 
um, you know, I was reading an article about, you know, how 25% or even more of, of children are growing up with an adult or a parent or a guardian who does not have good mental health. And that just has basically generational effects on the quality of life and the self-esteem and all those kind of things of people around them and obviously of their children. So it is extremely important um, to have to have good mental health. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of people who believe in kind of, you know, energy manifestations and the way we're thinking is 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 kind of attracting things to us. Mm-hmm. So it has huge implications. Um, yeah, I think it's a basis of, of our well-being. Now you see a lot of clients on a daily basis. Um, and of course, uh, since lockdown has started, you must have uh, come across many clients going through uh, dealing with mental wellness and health, etc. Is there any such client, just to put it into perspective for people listening, uh, that you would like to share an example of, of course, without naming them, uh, just so people understand uh, the type of uh, mental uh, struggles that people are going uh, through while dealing with COVID-19 in particular? Yes, it would be useful to kind of say, I almost have like clusters. So I have sort of one set of clients who are just dealing with what we call complicated grief. You know, mm. they've lost a child and then they've lost a um, sibling and then they've lost a relative um, and then they've lost a parent. So, you know, there's a couple of um, of clients that are just going through this almost like an onslaught of grief that as they start coming to terms with kind of the loss of, of one person, there's a loss of another person. Um, and then obviously the implications for all the relatives are then grieving. So everybody's trying to support everybody. So obviously there's a lot in terms of grieving and losses. Then if I think of sort of another uh, set of clients, there's very heightened anxiety. You know, some people um, are very, very afraid of getting COVID, very afraid when they do get COVID. Um, you know, very often they've gone to hospital, been on ventilators, and they're terrified, which doesn't help their breathing either. Um, and then constantly sort of terrified after that, um, you know, after those kind of events, there's almost kind of a trauma reaction, uh, a fear of what could happen or what could happen to those around them. And they're kind of dealing with that maybe on a daily basis that this constant anxiety that's sort of hitting them physically and that they're kind of thinking very anxious thoughts and needing to kind of get support to just get through a day, you know, without such a constant level of anxiety, a lot of panic attacks. And then maybe there's kind of like another sort of cluster of clients that are getting very depressed. You know, they feel fatigued, they feel very bored. And as we know, boredom, can very often be the start of a depression cycle. Mm. Um, they're very um, worried about everything that's happening. They've been job losses or there's threat to their job or they're working half the time um, or their business. Um, and so it's just that constant sort of negative thoughts, feeling hopeless, just not finding enjoyment in life, just feeling very stuck 
very sort of helpless um, in the whole situation. So those are kind of the main sort of clients that I'm seeing with the main sort of presentations and the main sort of struggles. Obviously, for people who have OCD and things like that, you know, this is really exacerbating it. And obviously, for adolescents, um, you know, they're saying that this is um, impacting sort of adolescents quite a lot because as they're supposed to be moving out into their social world, they're actually being pushed back to stay at home. And they're getting very involved with uh, social media and and games. And their parents, of course, are often working and can't always sort of supervise and be on top of things. So I guess that would be maybe the fourth kind of thing that we're seeing is kids getting quite addicted um, to, to social media, um, to video games, and being quite isolated at a time when they're meant to be moving sort of out and socializing and kind of finding themselves in a lot of ways. You, you've made a couple of interesting points there. Um, firstly, anxiety and depression you spoke about, of course. Uh, human beings are creatures that are social, uh, socially outgoing, um, wanting to meet with people, go out for a cup of coffee, have dinner, go to the movies, whatever you might enjoy doing. Uh, so, so I guess that uh, element has been pulled away. So you, can, you say it leads to a lot of boredom, etc. Do you also believe that that could lead to addiction, like be it alcohol or drugs uh, or even social media, uh, as you pointed out? I mean, lots of people find themselves mindlessly scrolling through social media. Yes, I mean, I do, I do think that... Um a lot of people are turning, you know, sort of turning to cope with the stress and to cope with the challenges. Um, a lot of people do turn towards alcohol, towards drugs, towards, as you say, the social media. And that, of course, then has an impact on their environment and the people around them. And there are quite alarming statistics because a lot of abuse, uh, spousal abuse, child abuse does take place with um, alcohol and, and drug addiction. Um, and so that is definitely on the increase. And I really do think what I said earlier is that, you know, we have to redefine our goals. We have to, okay, so I'm staying at home more. So for those living with families, let me really build relationships. Let me really um, do board games or, you know, Let's talk about some of the philosophies, study the Bible or, you know, um, talk about the traditions of our Hinduism or, you know, whatever your culture or religion is. It really is a time where you can really bond as a family and talk about some of those really significant, important things in your life, your beliefs and your, uh, you know, culture and all sorts of things. And really people sort of take it, it it's really a time to redefine goals from oh, I want a promotion or I want to build a new this or, you know, I want to, I want to go cycle the 94.7 to, you know, I'd really like to make my home look beautiful or I'd really like to develop a meditation practice or a yoga practice or a, um, I'd really like to um, write down the story of my life and, and journal it or I'd really like to learn to cook a different kind of food, you know, Vietnamese or Italian or curries or whatever so that you're redefining your goals because people need to have purpose 
And that can protect against some of the boredom, against some of the isolation, against some of the, um, you know, some of the, the things that people that push you towards addiction and the things that people are going through, you know, maybe too much introspection and too much aloneness. I do think for single people, it's important and, you know, and if you're on family, but especially for single people to, to, to have a Zoom coffee date, you know, to find ways to be connecting and kind of really plan it, especially for the weekends if you're not working, really plan some coffee date, lunch dates that you can have on Zoom, have conversations over the phone with your friends, you know, um, really be in touch so that there isn't such a huge sense of sort of loneliness or isolation. You've spoken about a couple of things there that, that makes a lot of sense. And I must be honest with you, I know a couple of people that have come across that have been going through that. And I guess it's it's very normal at, at this time as people are navigating through this COVID situation that we're being faced with. Of course, it's the unseen. No one knows when it's going to come to an end as well. I guess that's the biggest worry most people have. When yes. Do you think it's time for someone to seek professional help if you're going through any of what you describe, anxiety, worry, depression, boredom, uh, be it, um, of course, addiction? So, so we, always, we always say that there's a several reasons why you would seek help. One, if it's really affecting your functioning. So if you find that you are just really becoming aggressive and irritable, you are really, um, you really, you, uh, you know, are, are overusing alcohol or, or, or just watching TV far too much or, or whatever it is in terms of social media or, or using drugs. If you are, um, if you're finding that it's affecting basically your relationships with people or the way you're functioning at your job or the way you're functioning in your life, you definitely should be um, seeking some professional support. But I, I mean, I very much believe in sort of the self-actualization. If you want to, you know, if you're just not feeling great and you're just feeling like this could potentially become a problem, why not go and get the support and sort of do something preventative? It's a shorter therapy. Um, it's more useful. You haven't yet kind of really had to suffer or really had impacts in your life. Um, and that can also be like a sort of growth cycle, a good, a good time to go and do it, you know, to go and seek therapy or professional support. Um, obviously, if other people are suggesting it, because sometimes we can't see ourselves and we can't see what's happening. Mm -hmm. What I do find is often there's a kind of a lethargy. There's heightened fear and lethargy um, that don't always require you're going to therapy. You know, you can listen to podcasts, you can be doing workshops, you can, you know, be reading up on various things you can do. And I think that sometimes people hear the words mindfulness or meditation or yoga or exercise and they sort of think, yeah, yeah, I should do that. Much like we should eat our five vegetables or, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but, but they sort of just dismiss it. And if you really, there's lots of things you know, on YouTube and all over the place that really give useful advice. If you, if you started, you know, there's a lovely um, lady from the UK, Charlie Fellows on the YouTube who does 
amazing vinyasa yoga and she does a 30-day program. There's another person, Adrian, if you're less sort of advanced, she does stunning programs. And you can actually have a goal of like getting really fit and going on a 30-day program. There are lots of meditations that are available that you can slowly train yourself. You know, I was part of a study that where they worked with post-traumatic stress um, in Soweto and, and helped people um, doing transcendental meditation and they had phenomenal results. You know, it's not, it's not just sort of, oh, eat your five vegetables and then, you know, no, none of us do. We have a helping of peas. It genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, um, if, you, if you try these things, they really, really, really mitigate against, you know, poor mental health. They're really solid, useful things to do. But obviously, if you're not finding relief or if you're finding you're just lacking joy in life, everything's getting flat, you're constantly anxious, it's starting to affect things quite a lot. Uh, you're putting on weight or losing weight, you're battling with sleep, definitely, definitely consult a professional. Now, before I ask you uh, to share some, uh, some more practical uh, tips with us, uh, the one thing that a lot of people are going through, like you say, uh, besides the ones you've spoken about earlier as well, is fear. And, and, and that is something um, which I believe a lot of people, it's making a lot of people anxious as a result of it because they fear losing a loved one. They fear getting COVID. They fear being in hospital. Uh, they fear what's going to happen with their jobs. Everything centers around fear. And if you find yourself in that situation, uh, how would you really get out of it? Or, or what should you, uh, I know you said earlier that possibly don't think about the things you can't control, but as a human being, you think about these things, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think, I think really in terms of fear, some of the sort of practical things to do is don't watch too much news mm. um, because, you know, news specializes in reporting what's wrong, um, you know, but there's lots that's right. So I, I, you know, I find with myself, I check in, I mean, you don't want to be ignorant, but I check in, you know, every couple of days, just get the highlights. But a lot of people that I've worked with who have a lot of fear, we've just worked on just not watching so much news and so much of the scary stuff because that definitely helps you. I definitely think with conversations as well, there's lots of positives to focus on. Um, try to speak about that more. Obviously, it helps to share your fears, to talk about your feelings. But if you find that that's all you're doing, you're probably actually, um, you know, kind of flaming, flaming the fire, you know, fanning the flames. It's better to, you know, talk when you need to to somebody close to just get rid of it. Um, and I think we should be encouraging each other more. There's lots of positive things that we've seen, even in the last couple of days, um, and people who are really caring and supportive and um, doing all of the right things. So I think that that helps. I think sometimes when you're thinking fear thoughts, it helps to actually, it sounds crazy, but it helps to actually say out loud, stop it, because um, it automatically interrupts your, your thought flow. And I think to really, you know, um, be doing all the vision boards and things that everyone talks about so that you, you know, you, you have topics you know you can move your mind to. 
Like sometimes you think, oh, I must think about beautiful things. I must think about happy things. I must think about what I'm grateful for. Um, oh gosh, I can't think what those are. But you know, if you think about, I love babies and I love animals and I love waterfalls and I love nature scenes and, you know, I love, um, I'm so impressed by this artist and I'm so impressed by that excellent thing. And you actually have like a little bit of a list. And, you know, in the future, I really want to learn how to make the most incredible you know, curries or meringue or whatever it is. Um, and you've got that to move your mind to sort of deliberately rather than just sort of fumbling around thinking, oh, what else can I think about? It does help you because really it's our thoughts that determine our emotions. An idle mind is a devil's mind, as they would say, isn't it? Yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> How do you keep your mental health in check at home? Like now we all find ourselves at home. You said, uh, obviously you suggested earlier doing things like yoga, learning how to cook, but maybe three or four practical examples that you felt worked with your clients and to people listening to us right now, uh, they could say, okay, let me try this. This is going to maybe help me uh, divert my mind from all the noise that's going out there, be it the COVID, be it the riots that we've seen. Uh, I'll do this just to make sure I have a good, healthy mind. I, what, what helps a lot of people is simple things, is just to write down every day three things that you're grateful for about the day. You know, it could be the weather or it could be your lovely hot bath or yet you had a great meal or, you know, um, something went well with the client or proposal or a tender or, you know, a project or whatever. Gratitude. Yeah, just write down three or four things you're really grateful for. I think the second thing is to actually write down two or three things that, have, that you feel good about yourself in the day. You know, whether it was you ate a healthy meal or you did your exercises or you felt you had a good hair day. I mean, it doesn't matter, but just to be writing down some of those really positive things um, that you, that, um, you know, to jot them down so that you can see, look, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot that I'm accomplishing because the people do want to have a sense of purpose. I think what also helps people mental health is to give to others you know, to um, send something encouraging. Um, you know, I know I've had, uh, my mother's actually sent me two packages. It's so lovely to go to Postnet and pick up a package and get something lovely, you know, and it's, um, it, it really encourages the, the giver and the receiver. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, to do meditations, there's a lot um, on YouTube. You can do a workshop, Vision Lakiani and... Um, Mind Valley, there's Joe Dispenza, there's, it depends which sort of religion and beliefs you, you believe in. There's a lot of Christian ones, there's a lot of sort of more esoteric ones. Um, there are a great many um, that really, if you do a five or ten minutes uh, meditation, I mean, there's scientific proof that it's changing your brain and that your karma, um, you, you know, you're going to be more relaxed. Um I think those are, and, and gather all the news um, snippets. I mean, I've been seeing now with the riots, things that make me want to cry, you know, with just people from all different 
cultures and races and backgrounds coming together to help each other and, and classes and whatever coming together to support each other and help each other is really encouraging beautiful news, you know, and almost keeping a scrapbook of that. Um, all those kind of things, you know, really help on a sort of a daily basis. Um, some of the other things like tapping are, you know, I've, I've just actually been to get my nails done and I helped the, um, you know, I did it with the lady there. She'd been through some trauma and been robbed and whatever. And we did sort of some tapping exercises and she was feeling so much better. Um, that's also kind of available. You know, you, there's lots of programs of that also on YouTube that you can follow along. Now, now if you're someone like me, I, I'm a person that has a very busy mind. I can think of a million things at once. <laughs> and, and I guess the, what, the society we live in and the technology that we have, we, we very, um, we're very distracted. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. And I'm quite liking the mindfulness uh, stuff yeah. that you spoke about. Now, I'm someone that never done uh, meditation, etc. And a lot of people say it, it is good. It's also, you just have to listen uh, to the sound of the ocean or, or something that's just pleasing. For someone like me that's never done this, what's the easiest way to start doing that? So I definitely, I think that when you're trying to empty your mind, if you have a very busy mind and you're trying to empty your mind or just focus on a flower or just focus on the ocean, it's quite challenging. Yes. So I would go, um, there's free on YouTube. I would go to the six phase meditation. It's by Vishen Lakhiani. It's called the six phase meditation. And it takes you to two, like it takes you through six phases and two or three minutes of something. So it focuses your mind. So you focus on what you're grateful for. Then you, you focus on what you want to forgive for the day. Then you focus on what you want to accomplish the next day. Then you focus on who you want to bless. Then you so that you actually have focuses. That's the best way to start learning to sort of train your mind and calm your mind. If you have an extremely busy mind, to sort of go from a busy mind to trying to make it quiet. It's kind of like that eat, pray, love. You know, she didn't find it very easy, <laughs> and yes. it isn't. Um, sometimes it's easier that you're just focusing your mind on something and then focusing it on something and then focusing it on something, but you're slowly training it to do what you want. Um, so I would do something like that. And I've found with my clients who do say they have busy minds and they can't sort of calm and still it, that they have a lot of success and enjoyment from that kind of a, um, you know, a meditation. Jody Daruk, it's been such a great pleasure having you on Thinking Out Loud. Uh, and thank you so much for sharing your insightful, uh, there's such insightful information that you've given us uh, right here on uh, the Thinking Out Loud podcast. We wish you all the best. Thank you very much. And thanks so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. I wish you the best too. Stay safe and warm, hey? Certainly well. Thank you. Cheers for now. Thank you so much for listening in to Thinking Out Loud. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe, share and comment. Until the next episode, bye for now.